Okay. Ja. Haha. Haha. Uh, Haha. So, which episode is this? Superstitious Squarts. Squarts hard for vampire slayers. Hello, gentle listeners. Welcome to the Diogenes Web Podcast of Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. There are spoilers ahead and swears ahead, so if those aren't your thing, please turn off the podcast. This time, we will be discussing Buffy, Season 2, Episode 3, School Hard, wherein we meet Spike and Drew! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Woo-hoo. I have been waiting for this since Episode 1. Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> Spike ushers in a whole new Buffy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Drusilla, we love. Oh my god, Drusilla, she's so good. She's so creepy. I know. She's such a creepy, she's creepy awesome. thing. Oh. So as always, I am Jen, and this is Snard. Michelle. Yeah. Yep. That's what I hear. It's <laughs> <laughs> so apparently it was on your birth certificate or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, someone, someone named me. <laughs> yeah. Two, yeah. two people. Two people. Three people. Oh, was was I the one? Yeah. Me? Yeah. No. It's funny because you so named no me Michelle, and you're the one who refuses to call me Michelle. It's my defiance disorder. It applies to me as well. <laughs> it's just so funny because it's like, it doesn't suit me. I mean, it's a good name. It's a solid name. It's a Beatles song. I was six. I know. Well, <laughs> I know why our to parents be even fair, trust me. To be fair, you didn't see me. Well, I would certainly hope that our parents had veto power. I mean, what if I had, had called you like well, a yeah, pain in the ass I mean, or what a, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, what a cool story that you got to name your little sister right. before she was born. I mean, I'm pretty sure they were sticking with that. But I got named Michelle Ann. Yeah. So it's okay. I it could six. be worse. I know. It could be worse. You named your cat Stripes. <laughs> he had Stripes. <laughs> See, think of how your names could have been if I had gone with the <laughs> So what? I was like Mohawk. <laughs> you would have been Mohawk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was born with a Mohawk. <laughs> Oddly enough, gentle listeners, we were both born with a full head of hair. Yeah, we really were. <laughs> It's too bad we're so bald now. <laughs> yeah, totally bald. Yeah, because you can't see us and you wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're bald, except yeah. for my uh, green pig tails. I have no idea what to do with this. I bald, don't know. yeah, bald, yeah, very bald. Bald is bald as boiled eggs. <laughs> well, I, it's for me. It's because I studied One Punch Man and I did 100 push-ups a day and 100 sit-ups a day, <laughs> or whatever else he did. If you ever watch One Punch Man, it's fantastic. It's an anime, so Jen will never see it because they're creepy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> This one's not that bad. They are creepy They're, as fuck. This one's really funny. Okay, what was that one that traumatized me when we were kids? With Unicos, the guy who gets impaled on the thing. Unico's enchanted Screaming Island. and impaled on the thing. He was the bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> Although, okay, the part That's of that... That's a little that, too much for Buffy, yeah. okay? <laughs> you know, it's Japanese or Korean cinema. It was made for kids. I mean, but it had a unicorn. Who wagged who act a little tail like a like a baby and lamb? The guy gets impaled on a thing. I know, but what creeped me out about him was not the way he died, but when he'd go through the halls yelling, "Toby, Toby!" That's and I don't remember that part, but that, that part scared too. me. And then the neighbor's dog was named Toby, and in the back of my head, I was here, Toby. <laughs> I will try and find a YouTube clip or something for you guys. Um, Yuck. Yeah. So is Unico's Enchanted Island. Uh, if you also want to get into the dregs of old. 80s anime available to children. You had the Sea Prince and the Fire Child, which is essentially Romeo and Juliet, only with sadder ending. Um, yes. <laughs> you can't uh, hear me, gentle listeners, but I believe my eyebrow is up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, let's see. There was also, um, well, there was uh, the the uh, Last Unicorn. That was good. That's Korean. Uh, 
killed was uh, Sarah Farrow did the voice of the unicorn. I know I tortured you with this thing. I know. You I remember being on. I, I blocked out a lot of the stuff you'd play um. like after like on, on the loop for days. At a time. Well, this wasn't one of those. It <laughs> came along later. <laughs> Enough sisterly sniping. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anywho. This is a fun episode. It is so much fun. If you don't <laughs> like this episode, just stop watching. Stop listening. Go away. Buffy may not be for you. Although the later seasons of Buffy might be right up your alley because they're true. not very funny. No, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> this one is so good. It and it's fun. I mean, talk about an introduction. This is a full Shakespearean introduction of a character, Oh, yeah. Right? We'll, we'll get to Spike in Shakespeare in a bit. Yeah. Okay. But wow. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so yeah. good. Yeah, I, so, I barely, the first part of the episode barely registered oh, with I, me because I'm just sitting I got there it covered. Spike, 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 I know. Spike, I know. You said the whole thing. Where is Spike? Spike Where's Spike going to happen? Spike, Spike, Spike. Well, it's it's not long, so okay. I shall I shall get underway. <laughs> so we open in the school in Snyder's office. Snyder is giving Buffy and another bad student Sheila a fine lecture. <laughs> Snyder pretty much says that the title of worst student is a toss up between Buffy and Sheila, who stabbed the teacher with pruning shears. A horticulture she, teacher. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, that's quite the school. <laughs> uh, so Sheila thinks outside the box, I guess. Um, so it's left a little ambiguous whether Snyder is referring in this scene to Buffy's first arson of a school building or the most recent one from the previous episode with the ye old science lab. But either way, she's was she's pretty sure it was mice who were smoking. Naturally. Yes. Yeah. Well, I the mean, firing marshal said so. Yeah, so and, it's and, fine. And, well, and to be fair, we don't really know what a hellmouth does to mice. So I wouldn't rule out little mice <laughs> gangs living under their own out their own version of West Side Story at the school. And, They're like snapping at yeah, each other. Like, <laughs> Maybe they're mice gangs on PCP, even. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. there we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> Little mice vampires. Oh, How that would be so that be? cute. Yeah, well, I mean, we had Bonicula. Oh, I mean, talk yeah. about another blast from the past. Bonicula. Yeah. Yes, from uh, my favorite title ever of any book, The Celery Stalks at Midnight. <laughs> That's very clever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are good books. Those are really good books. If you don't know what this is, it was a, a, a vampire bunny who drained vegetables of all of their juices. And back in the day... Uh, before J.K. Rowling came along and gave kids massive, massive, really complicated books, they gave us little books. Yeah, cute <laughs> little just books. Thin. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. They were very fun. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she kind of changed the name of the game as far as kids' oh, literature yeah, goes. Oh, you know? yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, and she and Neil Gaiman also, yeah. we haven't read much of his stuff, but he he would basically have his daughter telling him scary stories, and he's like, this is fantastic. And then he'd write a novel based on her yeah. like crazy nightmares and stuff. Yeah, so, but, you, know, you know. But like when, the back when I was a kid and the dinosaurs, you know, were... You mm -hmm. go to the library and get the dinosaur and be like, here you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there are smaller books. Yes, there are <laughs> smaller books. And some of them are called Vanicula. Yeah. Uh, some of them also said uh, vampires don't wear polka dots, I think. Mm. Uh, that was one of the ones I had. I remember uh, John Belair's had some great books. Oh, John Belair's House books. of the Clock and Its Walls. Those like still scare the shit they're, out they're of me. They're pretty good. Like, I found one, and I was just leafing through it. I have them in my garage. I was just, like, leafing through and like, dee, 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 dee. oh, that's scary. That's I'm not going to sleep yeah, for a week they're now. They're pretty good. Yeah, pretty this good was ones. shit we read, like, yeah. as kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, and I was, of course, reading Sherlock Holmes and all that kind of stuff. Of course. Well, you're the cultured one. Shakespeare. And I wouldn't have culture if it wasn't for you. Yes, but I don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> There are drawbacks. <laughs> uh, so uh, Snyder reveals that the winner of their exciting contest will be expelled. Uh, Snyder Yay. also explains uh, to, that the two of them will be hosting parent-teacher night. Uh, if they do a good job, Snyder won't tell their parents what terrible screw-ups they are. This is a lie, but Buffy, who, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who really does want to be a good student, commits enthusiastically, and Sheila looks bored. 
I love the expression on Buffy's face. She's like, oh, yeah, I know, yeah, whatever. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, anything you well, say. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, then when she's like looking at Sheila, like she's actually scared of Sheila. Like, yeah. You stabbed a teacher? It's like, Buffy, you're Slayer of the Vampires. <laughs> you, could, you could tear out both these people's spines and then go to lunch and it wouldn't be a big deal. But, it's, like, <laughs> but that would be wrong. That would be wrong. It would be wrong. It would be wrong. Because it's wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. <laughs> Sheila is wrong. Indeed. <laughs> she kind of is. Yeah, <laughs> She's a little yeah. wrong. Uh, so as they're leaving school, Buffy tries to get a game plan together with Sheila, but because she's wrong, she's not interested. And, <laughs> and runs- she yells, hey, Meat Pie? Yeah, she runs off to meet her boyfriend, charmingly, charmingly named Meat Pie. I, d- I couldn't. I actually had to watch this multiple times because I kept thinking she said Meat Boy. Meat Pie. I'm like, it can't be that. It has to be Meat Pie. According to the captions, it's Meat Pie. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the... Uh, transcripts ah yes oh and thank you so much people at i think it's buffyworld.com for putting up transcripts i love you i <laughs> love you and i hope you have those for angel too yes. <laughs> going to be sending you a i don't know like one of those little uh, baskets with the muffins or something oh, there you go yes a fruit basket <laughs> yes <laughs> a bag of grapes if they're sick in the hospital <laughs> thank you giles very good idea yeah. <laughs> so um uh, Wendell, Willow and Xander join Buffy, and Buffy lays things out beautifully here, saying that her mom looks at Buffy and sees Sheila, and yep, that's just about the size of it, Buffy. And uh, Yeah, she, we did talk about this a little bit. Yeah, Sheila's like a temporary external shadow self, like, yeah, a, she's like a, a projection. She's a projection. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, she's because Buffy's still got Cordelia being Cordelia, mm-hmm. so she's still the functioning shadow self right now. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, I think, I think Sheila is the, is is absolutely the projection of what everybody else sees when they look at Buffy. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, Buffy, of course, wants to be the good student and the popular girl, etc., but she can't because she's too busy saving the world, and her mom doesn't know that, of course, and assumes that because Buffy skips class, her has lackluster grades and gets in trouble, she's up to the same things that Sheila is. Xander and Willow, having grown up in Sunnydale, know what Sheila's all about. Willow proudly reports that once in fifth grade, she was a lookout for Sheila while she was sneaking a cigarette. <laughs> she's a rebel. She's bad to the bone. <laughs> <laughs> and she's so proud of herself still she too <laughs> i guess you know being a lookout when you're in fifth grade when you care about school as much as, as willow does that is pretty bad to the bone that's true i mean you gotta you know grade on a scale she, she would have rolled over on sheila so fast <laughs> Sheila's smoking. she's smoking she's smoking right now <laughs> i was i was just watching to make sure someone knew yeah, to make smoking. sure if a teacher came by i could show them that sheila's smoking right now yeah of course i never really understood the point of that kind of lookout Okay, like stand here while I go do something really sticky. That's obvious. Yeah, I mean, you could smell the smoke from. I mean, I am yeah. a smoker. I know how far you can smell the smoke. <laughs> like, well, and then I am you a still source. Smell like smoke for a really long time. Yeah. I mean, I, I so. am a source of that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah I, I totally. You can smell it for a while. <laughs> both, both outside when you're smoking and on your clothes afterwards, it's pretty mm-hmm. obvious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Buffy doesn't understand why someone who doesn't have to be the Slayer just blows off school, and Xander pretty much says it's Sheila's way, and also warns Buffy about Sheila and sharp objects and. I'm thinking Buffy probably figured that out after the pruning shears revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy wonders aloud if any other Slayers have ever had to deal with high school. And pretty good question. And uh, Buffy seems to be wishing she had a colleague with whom she could discuss this stuff. She'll change her mind once uh, Kendra shows up. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but the show is, is letting us know that something will be coming up eventually. Yes, this is very good foreshadowing. Yep, absolutely. Just a, a smidgen. Just a tad. Just a tad. Yep. Just a hint. Uh, Xander walks right into the tempting fate trope, saying that everything will be fine. Buffy and Willow correctly call him out on the mega jinx he just put on parent-teacher night and leave. (laughs) (laughs) 
Xander rather adorably snuggles with his satchel whoopee and tries to, <laughs> tries to reassure himself that everything will be fine. And then we see the Sunnydale sign and we know it's coming. It's Spike. <laughs> he runs over the Sunnydale sign, gets out, lights a cigarette, and announces home sweet home. And yay. Oh, this and, is so And let's good. all imagine a big, huge number one over that sign in this scene because Spike loves the rule of three. Yes, he does. <laughs> we'll be following those other signs. In the Vampire so Warehouse, some random vampires and the United One are planning to how to get rid of Buffy. One of them says he, this upcoming weekend is set in the night of St. Vigius, and that's when he'll kill the Slayer. He also says that he was at the crucifixion, and that is clearly bullshit, because a vampire old enough to be at the crucifixion would look more like uh, the Master, or what's-his-face Taquitos, who killed Faith's Watcher. <laughs> Kissing yes, toast. yes, I know, I know, it's Kakistos. Whatever. Yeah, no. But yeah, and you can also tell he's not really serious news because of how he's dressed. Absolutely. He's like sweater vest guy. Like, yeah, he doesn't even vest. know how to tuck his <laughs> belt in correctly. He's like Childs' vampire yeah, brother or he something. Totally he's, like, he's like, he knows a lot of stuff. He has good, he has got a great oh voice. God. He shops at the same store as Childs. <laughs> they probably have like looked at each other and been like, hmm. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, right, where did you get that one? Yeah, <laughs> his like elbow patches <laughs> yeah, for a vampire, you know. So yeah, like you can tell by his costuming, and everybody's pretty drab. There's the the chick in the red coat up above, which is also foreshadowing for something else that will happen. Yes. Um, in much much future. Way. way. Yeah. Yes. Way future, but we just know to watch out for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everybody else is just kind of like vampire basic black, except this guy has the gray sweater. <laughs> So we just know we can't take him seriously. Like, oh, shut your trap. Vampire dweeb, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, Spike, uh, yay, agrees with us. (laughs) (laughs) That's entrance. Such a good entrance. He also reveals that he's not your typical vampire since he was at Woodstock and all feasting on drug fiddles (laughs) and watching his hand move for six hours. (laughs) Mr. Crucifixion doesn't take to Spike, which I can't understand because he is delightful. And uh, he tries to attack him, but Spike drops him with a no-look punchy oh. face maneuver. Yeah, that's a backhand. It's called a backhand. I, I like no-looky, no, no-look punchy face maneuver, though. Okay, that works. Yeah, yeah that's fine. No-look yeah, punchy face maneuver. beautiful. <laughs> and the stunt work is great, because he goes down. Yeah, he like, goes right at the right time. In a heap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spike tells the Anointed One that he, he could kill Buffy no problem, because he did a couple of Slayers in the past. He even brings up the Slayer for the Boxer Rebellion, and we'll see that fight later in the yeah, series. And I, oh my god... I never caught this until the latest few watch-throughs. Mm-hmm. Like, again, all the backstory is consistent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, this Absolutely. matches up with what Angel and Darla were talking about back in Angel's apartment. Yeah. Absolutely. This yes, it does. Is, ah, it's all <laughs> there. It's, it's such so good, good. Well, and also, I have to do a little shout-out for Spike's little kick of the vampire he just knocked out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he steps over, he just, like, kicks him out of the way, which is... <laughs> so His limp hand. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spike senses someone behind him and devamp faces to Drusilla and double yay. Yes. Oh, and the the musical cue. I know. The out of tune music box. Yeah. And uh, gone is the cocky Spike as he is sweet and gentle with Drew. Which is almost uh, scary. It is. (laughs) Yeah. They have a past. Uh, He's worried about her because she's still weak from something. We'll find out what that is later. Uh, Let's take a moment to look at Drew's outfit, shall we? <clears throat> now, where have we seen a dress like that? White, flowy, empire waist. Oh, right. Buffy and Prophecy Girl. <laughs> <laughs> She's just missing the badass jacket. 
Uh, give that a second that's true (laughs) the only difference i can see here is a is that drew's dress has sleeves Uh, it's pure white on the top and off-white on the bottom it's about as close as we can get to being exactly the same dress without being literally the same dress yeah Uh, let's keep an eye out for what they try to tell us about buffy and drew uh, as we get to know her and maybe Um, buffy and spike even yeah relationship with her well and i uh i think it we'll get there Okay. <laughs> Drew is clearly not quite all there, or as uh, as or um, as was our theory on on the on the Diogenes Club uh, podcast is uh, that she is more all there than everyone else. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's a way, little too tapped in. <laughs> yeah, she is. And either way, she's a different kind of gal. She asks Spike uh, if these are nice people, and uh, and says that she could feel the Anointed One's power from outside. She asks the Anointed One, "Do they? Uh, do you like daisies? Mm-hmm. I plant them, but they always die. Everything I put in the ground withers and dies. And holy." okay uh-huh except for that one time in the future on angel the series when when she plants someone in the ground who doesn't wither and die yeah in a greenhouse no less holy shit balls yeah i love it's, this show i know right <laughs> so good. oh my god drew's dream so is real life. okay yeah <clears throat> we have to pay so much attention to everything drew says and i always kind of gloss over it because it's just bonkers yeah it but is bonkers. she always means something there's always yeah. something to her and uh yeah and i also like that she refers i don't know if this is uh the first time but it stands out she refers to other vampires as people look Ooh, at all does. the people she definitely does yeah, look at all the people <laughs> you know and that stands out like normally you don't hear vampires talking about each other like that right um but yeah and and then she asks if they're getting along which is also kind of weird and yeah are these nice yeah. people yeah <laughs> oh we're getting along <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah she has a lot to say she's really interesting yeah, and, and I, I mean okay we have to say mm-hmm. in the interest of full disclosure we love drusilla yes i love drusilla she's like my freaky ethereal vampire ophelia if ophelia got turned right after her mad scene <laughs> and uh, yeah. in hamlet um during that very same same mad scene um ophelia says and actually i'm gonna read drusilla's quote again do you like daisies i plant them but they always die everything i put in the ground withers and dies ophelia's is uh, there's a daisy i would give you some violets but they withered all when my father died so Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, daisies back in the day represented innocence and virginity. And there's no way this show isn't drawing a direct line from Drusilla to Ophelia right there. Because those two lines are so close. Yeah, they totally um, are. Well, and the very presence of these two is Shakespearean. Everything about Spike is poetry and Shakespeare. And he's going to quote in a second, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um. So Drew spaces out a bit and then tells Spike she's cold. And sweetly, of course, he puts his leather trench coat over his shoulders, completing the picture of Buffy and Prophecy Girl. And let's oh not forget, God. this is a Slayer's jacket. It yes. belonged to Nikki, Slayer <gasps> oh, of the Vampires. Right. And oh Spike took it after Nikki broke the first rule of slaying. Drew says that she's a princess and Spike agrees. Mm-hmm. And she, <laughs> she's Buffy. She is. She's totally Buffy. Right. Yeah. Which so. means, and, and later on, I mean, we can draw a conclusion, but later I'm going to find who Spike is too. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a nice little mirror right at the end. Uh, so um, she slices open his cheek, of course, licks the blood off, and they turn to stare at the anointed one and at us <laughs> and in the and, audience. And, and we're like, everybody's Whoa. clothes instantly light on fire, including <laughs> mine. <I know>. <laughs> These two sizzle. They do. They have so much Dear chemistry. God. <laughs> they have so much chemistry. My, my gay ass is like, damn, that's yeah, hot. I, well, and I, I love how casual they are. Like, they have an audience. 
Yes. Of strangers. Yes. That don't like them. And they are completely intimate with each other. Yeah. I and mean, then and that's scarier than anything. It's it just is. like like uh the switch from vamp face to non vamp face is scary because it's this you know, like, yeah. oh, this is who I am for you. I love that he devamps and, for her. Yes. I love that. I love that too. Because you know, <laughs> normally vampires vamp for each other. Exactly. They don't devamp. So he devamps for her, which is awesome mm-hmm. and you get to see his gorgeous gorgeous face he's pretty yeah he's and just then, a pretty thing yeah, he really is. They both <laughs> are. and then they have these super intimate moments and you don't do that unless you know you have the power in the room right you don't do that unless you know everybody else is just ants that don't matter at all and you're doing this in front of the anointed one right the anointed one who ordered the master around after darla died <laughs> right. They're just not so, impressed. Yeah. They're like, fuck <laughs> off. Whatever. <laughs> and Spike announces that he and Drew are moving in <laughs> and challenges anyone who objects to a contest of biggest wrinklies. Ew. <laughs> I, okay. I mean, so, ha ha ha, but also ew. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he meant the forehead wrinkles because that's not where my mind goes. Spike, okay, he, on the surface, yes, he did. Yes. But this is Spike. <laughs> And <laughs> well, and he is pretty crass. Well, he and he says he'll he'll well, and actually leading right into what I have written here, um, uh, he says that he'll do the United Slayer for him. And here we go. Spike will represent a lot of things during his time on Buffy and Angel, mm-hmm. the series. Uh, but in his initial ep- appearance in this episode, he seems to be Buffy's emerging sexuality. Uh, oh. It's unusual, of course, to present a non-slutty picture. Uh, this is not my view or our view. This is television's view of a normal, natural female sexuality especially in the 90s and still so very much today but this show and bless them for it will bring uh, in some new some metaphors in the places uh, where they can't really be explicit about this stuff uh spike is most definitely one of them uh he phrases killing slayers as doing them refers to his wrinklies <laughs> uh, even his uh, his name is phallic he's just a big ball of sexuality and we will see so much more of that in the rest of this episode and beyond <laughs> so um <laughs> Drew says she can't see the Slayer telepathically and uh, that it's dark where she is and um, and so you know this we were watching the episode and I was like well, how what the hell does this line mean and then boom uh, much as we saw with the dress and the jacket um, I, I'm thinking Drew is saying that Buffy is, is in shadow as, as in her shadow self and she is Buffy's and I would go with that too it's, that's I mean, pretty good yeah because why else would she say she can't see her she can see everything Right, and it's not like does Buffy she have a, is. Yeah, does she have a blind spot? Yeah, like you know. she's not. She's able to see Buffy other types. Mm-hmm. You know, she's able to see when. Um, oh gosh, like uh, the the assassins have been called against Buffy. She's able to see mm-hmm. all of that. So yeah. So it's like a statement of, I'm mm-hmm. a shadow self. Yeah, Buffy. Yep. Totally. <laughs> Kill her. Kill on her. the on the vampire side, Cordy's yeah. covering kind of the human side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, well, see, Buffy died and came back with more demon in her. So we girl. have to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have to give her a demonic um, yeah. and shadow self to resolve. And you know, dating a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's and she really, really, really wants Spike to heal Buffy. He assures her it's no problem. He quotes Othello. Here's our Shakespeare Spike saying he'll chop her into messes because the show wants us to know that it does know very well about Shakespeare if we're wondering about the Ophelia thing <laughs> and that Spike is going to be our most Shakespearean character in the cast oh, in such so a big way. Good. And I think I think we mentioned this uh, in a previous podcast, but he's uh, he's very Romeo plus Richard III with a very, very generous sprinkle of Falstaff. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good description. <laughs> <laughs> and he inquires whether the Slayer is tough 
and Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires, is having trouble with her hair. One of my favorite ironic cuts <laughs> ever. I love that <laughs> cut. That's a is she tough? <laughs> Ow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh. She, she looks the most non-threatening Buffy <laughs> has like, ever looked. She's little jammies. <laughs> Brushing her Brushing hair, her making hair. a face. With she her mom behind her. It references cream rinse, which, yeah. ah, Buffy, it's conditioner. Cream rinse is so 90s. Such a mid-90s girl. I don't even know how cream rinse became a thing. Oh, well, but I'm, yeah. I'm over it, but still. <laughs> and Joyce isn't terribly sympathetic about Buffy's cream rinse drama. She mentions that uh, she's got a notice about Buffy's parent-teacher night, and Buffy was, was really planning on telling her about it, um, you know, really, some day. Uh, Joyce is wondering what Buffy's <laughs> teachers will have to say, and Buffy's worry about that is as transparent as anything. Joyce <laughs> seems to be going for sympathetic, telling Buffy that she knows life isn't all about school and grades, but Buffy sure as shit ruined Joyce's life before, making her move and restart her business, and she doesn't want to be disappointed in Buffy again. Ow! Yeah. Ouch, Joyce! Ow. Holy shit! Seriously. Wow. I just can't... I mean, I understand she's mad, but this is like passive aggressive. This, this is like this is why you're divorced, Joyce. Yeah, no this shit. behavior right here is why you don't have a boyfriend or a husband. Like, that's why we won't be able to land Giles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Fine. That's yeah, because he would just be like, I don't think I so. Um, I am. Um, I have to go. <laughs> this isn't okay. This is bad parenting one oh one. I mean, really, the disappointment card should only be yeah. played in those dire of situations. Well, and the, the sympathy she seems to be feeling for Buffy is it's very underhanded maliciousness like it's, well, it's maliciousness few, it's very underhanded it's if malice it's just, if you, yeah exactly yeah. It's just a few cuts too like um i mean honestly buffy seems to take this all pretty well saying that it's the, the last thing that she wants to do is disappoint her mom again mm-hmm. you know uh but that she's under some considerable pressure and and here it is i mean here it happens this it flies over joyce's head as most things consider her considering her daughter do and not to go off on too much of a rant, but if Joyce is so worried about Buffy's schoolwork, maybe, I don't know, help? Yeah, check you know, in on it. Yeah, see if she needs some parental assistance with her homework or have I mean, Buffy. She already had three three tutors for right, history. Right. She's obviously <laughs> struggling a little bit. Maybe hop yeah. in, you know, uh, flashcards perhaps or mm-hmm. go over some stuff at dinner. Yep. I mean, have, have Buffy drop by Joyce's work after school and do her homework there. I mean, I know it wouldn't really work with the plot of the show to have Joyce really involved in Buffy's life, but damn i mean yeah. i can't think of a time when our parents had any surprises at parent teacher conferences I and mean, whether it was well, no. good news or bad news they kind of knew what to expect because they knew us you know yeah it's true well and and she i don't like the way she's even phrasing the first questions or the first thing she says so i ch- i got the mail today yeah and there was a notice and it's like no just be straight up you know hey is parent teacher conferences coming yeah. up because and, and i'm thinking yeah. parent teacher conferences are coming up seriously and and to be fair we are criticizing the characters not the writing oh no no i want to no. make that clear no, we, we i mean as as but. we said in in i think it was what was it very very first podcast of all mm-hmm. uh about we we are going to go with these shows they there are no mistakes these are as written yes there's no such thing as a mistake everything is intentional so everything is intentional mm-hmm. yeah uh, that's our thought experiment with this show so we are showing and and if this is a show about buffy's sexual maturation um we could get a little Oedipal with it and say maybe Joyce is a little threatened by that and lashing out. Perhaps. You I know? mean, it would make a lot of sense coming up, too. I mean, because uh, her parting shot is um, to to her daughter being clearly, clearly overwhelmed and stressed by the pressure she's under is that things will get worse when she gets a job. 
and whatever, Joyce, I work in a pretty high-pressure industry, and it's nothing like high school. Oh, yeah. They're paying I, me to be there, for fuck's sake. I am currently working in an understaffed grocery store <laughs> before Christmas. I know this is, you're getting this after Christmas, but this is before Christmas in, like, the last two weeks. I'm taking about 16,000 steps per shift and lifting hundreds of pounds of freight onto shelves. I will do this every day before I take one high school class again. Oh, yeah. And we're not even Slayers of the Vampires. No. <laughs> you know, I can't Just, even imagine. Yeah. I my, can't imagine the amount of pressure that Buffy is under right now. Seriously. My biggest fear about reincarnation is going through puberty again. Because fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so she's got so much going on, and we're just pitting her against it. And, you know, if we go back to the Greek myth idea we had last time, Mm -hmm. we also have, like, Hera versus Athena. They never Mm -hmm. really got along. Like, we have a whole bunch of different things we could pull from for this metaphor. Um, But I I think she's acting out of a certain kind of malice against Buffy's upcoming maturity. And also, on the surface of the show, we're saying this is she sees her as a Sheila, so she has to be tough love mom. Definitely. Well, and she, when she referred to the parent, the parenting tapes and everything way <laughs> earlier. Yeah. Uh, and 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 she has stopped trying to shove teddy bears in Buffy's face. So I think you're Which onto something. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're onto something. I think mm-hmm. she has accepted that Buffy is, I mean, as of um, Prophecy Girl, when she gave her the dress and did not try to shove a teddy bear down her throat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think she's accepted, she's absolutely accepted that Buffy's on her way to actually being a woman. Mm-hmm. And I, no, I think you're right. I think, I think there's some resentment here and, and not a lot of guidance. Like, yeah. She needs guidance, Joyce. Guidance. Yeah. She needs help. It's true. You don't like what she's doing. Help her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, help her do her homework. Ask her what's going on. Perhaps give her the sex talk for fuck's sake. Because we know <laughs> <laughs> you have not done that yet. Yeah. Because that comes up later. And even that talk doesn't go. We, we'll, we'll cover that when that happens. That's terrible. <laughs> the worst sex talk ever. <laughs> like, how did Buffy learn about oh, sex? Her friends. What, what if the, it was Willow? Can you imagine Willow oh, trying Googling. to discover? Oh, she, like, she would look on the internets. <laughs> she would, and then they'd find a picture and say, jeepers. Oh, no. I <laughs> probably found books in John's library oh oh my god <laughs> I child would be horrified oh he would <laughs> it's too bad faith wasn't there she could have just asked faith yeah that's <laughs> true faith what's sex about oh well you know that yeah. no. so you definitely can't well, ask Xander she, <laughs> no she can't she, <laughs> but then faith would offer to show her yeah <laughs> I'll tell you B <laughs> <laughs> so I guess she couldn't ask faith no, so no, no. But, but she you know she figures it out somewhere I don't I don't understand that at all so um, <clears throat> Joyce has left, and Buffy sadly opens her drawer of badass Slayer gear and says to herself, I have a job. And while this is kind of true, it's actually worse than that, because Buffy doesn't get paid. It's sort mm-hmm. of, it's kind of like a hobby, if dangerous hobbies were assigned to people, whether they wanted them or not. Like, I'm sorry that you like Needlepoint, but your hobby's going to be base jumping, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, uh, so your your true calling in life is to punch sharks. Yes, exactly. That's like, what you're going to do. I really like to crochet. Yeah, That's nope. a shame. Because, no, you're no. going to have to punch sharks <laughs> and not lemon sharks either. Great yeah, whites big, for you, baby. sharks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that sucks. And oh, oh, I did want to mention Buffy's jammies. They have roses, shovels, watering cans, and basically a ton of gardening related <laughs> things on them. I didn't even notice this. <laughs> and they're, okay. <laughs> this is one of many many fertility references right here for Buffy. Also, mm. our room is has a bunch of butterfly pictures and decals and stuff, like, fucking everywhere. Yeah, she has a whole bunch of stuff yeah. going on. Well, and we also had Drusilla mention everything she plants in the ground withers and dies. <laughs> not Buffy. So, she's yeah. fertility. No, like, not at all. So if we circle back around, <laughs> she's dead. She has she has a barren womb, <laughs> so to speak. 
parts. We have that, and then Joyce. I noticed she's wearing a robe with flowers on it. Yeah, we can't. It's, it's um, and we can't quite figure out. I mean, yeah, it's it's like the older, mature flower. Totally. I guess, but if like we're saying, you know, she's being threatened by the up and coming, you know, she mm-hmm. is. She is in full full yeah, bloom. Buffy's in like wow, I'm blooming everywhere, and Joyce's <laughs> is much more reserved. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when we even have we have the uh, contrast drawn by Cordy later. Like, oh, is that your mom? No, that's the woman who knows how to moisturize. <laughs> so, moisturize. so we actually have even Cordy pitting Buffy yeah. against her mom. That's Cordy's way. No, oh, totally. I mean, but you know, shadow self, she would notice because mm-hmm. she's the shadow yeah, self. Yeah, she totally would. Well, yeah. and I bet Buffy compares herself to her mom all the time. Absolutely. Because Christine Sutherland, she could have the flu and look like she had oh, everything she's put together. Gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like even she, she has like a brain tumor and is hallucinating <laughs> things on the ceiling, and she still looks fantastic. <laughs> she does. She looks great. Yeah, she really does. So. <laughs> know like i i would definitely have an inferiority complex if that was my mom (laughs) i mean mom you're pretty but you're not christine sutherland okay (laughs) nor are we anything like sarah michelle geller no i have fantasies come on now i get to have my delusions no i actually look like christina ricci if anybody yeah Yeah, we went over that anyway i don't look like anyone no i don't think i used to look like martha plimpton but i don't anymore (laughs) I did. Yes, I can when see I, that. When I weighed like 105 pounds or uh-huh. whatever. Yeah, yeah, I totally yeah, did. yeah. No, I can totally see that. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a long time and <laughs> quite a few pounds ago. Yeah. Uh, you're happier now. I am. Well, yeah. no, I'm not. But oh, well. <laughs> but I have a podcast. <laughs> and that's something. <laughs> I've got a good Yay. job at a podcast. That's all that matters. Yeah. And <laughs> that's you're one up on me out of that list. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck grocery stores at fucking Christmas. Dear God. <laughs> And then every time Frosty the Snowman comes on, I just imagine an episode of Buffy where that's like a problem. Oh, John Frosty. But ser- no, seriously, though. How scary is Frosty the Snowman? Can we just have a moment for this? So you, you make a snowman. He's, he's you a find go- some- He's a golem, right? Well, no, actually, I went over this with Alex. <laughs> and let me pause. I know. That's why I introduced it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I actually texted. I, I have a, a Jewish friend at work. And I, I proposed the golem thing to him. And he thought it was brilliant. So I went ahead and texted... Uh, my boyfriend Alex and um, okay so the text conversation goes I said today's thought is Frosty the Snowman a golem and he said he's not technically a golem because he doesn't have Emmett and I said well what if the hat did he said no I don't think so since you'd have to remove the Aleph it's got to change from truth to death Emmett to Met (sighs) Snard's boyfriend is not Jewish by the way he's not Jewish uh, he's not religious at all. He's just really, really smart. <laughs> he's very well read and well cultured, and he has the biggest, sexiest brain ever. He's like, <laughs> he's like my little personal Giles. No, he's he's just fascinatingly smart. So that's our little. So no, he's not a golem, but he's possessed with something. Yeah, something is it like? Oh, Buffy would toast him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and how scary! Like Buffy would toast him, and she'd like snowmen should stomp stay his hat snowmen. Like monsters should be monsters, dead people should be dead people. Let's not. And you just found a random hat and you put it on a snowman and you started to dance around. Run! Yeah, kill it with fire. Kill it with fire. Kill it with anything you have to, and do not keep the fucking hat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and if it's dead, don't have sex with it, Buffy. <laughs> she has to. She can't help herself. <laughs> well, no. See, it's okay for her because she's dead too. How's that? <laughs> no, they're dead. They're no, cold. Dead. They're dead with no heartbeats. <laughs> We're never going to agree on it's, this. Yeah, it's never going to go away. <laughs> like, Don't. I write vampire fiction, and so in my mind, yeah, I've worked around vampi- it. I mean, do your vampires warm up, right? They're not like cold, dead buffy well, yeah, they're, vampires. They're not as warm as humans. Right. But, but they are cool. warm. Do they have beating hearts and stuff? They have uh, well, yeah, how else do you circulate the blood? Right. This is a That's problem That's what I'm saying. Okay, so, so <laughs> this is my vampires. Um, 
they feel hunger in their hearts and their hearts start to beat faster the hungrier they are. So, you know, because it makes sense. You're running out right. of fuel. Your heart's going to beat faster, you know. Mm-hmm. And so if you are a well-fed vampire, you're not going to have much of a heartbeat at all. Yes. And then if you and have, if you're running low on fuel, your heart's going to beat really fast. And then someone calls the uh, the EMTs for you and they get you a meal. And then you feel better. See, and that, and that right there is exactly why it squicks me out that Buffy likes having sex with vampires. Because <laughs> these vampires are really, really very dead, even for vampires. It's true. <laughs> I well, it was a tangent it. from hell, wasn't it? So yeah, we're back from our tangent, and feel free to edit any of that out you want, Snart. <laughs> <laughs> because, wow. Frosty's scary. <laughs> Not the frosty part. I like the frosty part. But, you yeah. know, anything else. Uh, <laughs> Evil frosty. <laughs> so, uh, unrelated to metaphor, I have to make a note. On her mirror, Buffy has a picture of a cute dog by a lake with a little tennis ball stuck to the picture, and Buffy used to have a doggy. And she loves and misses her doggy so much she keeps his picture on her mirror. It's really cute. I'd like, to think it's a, well, I'd like to think it's a dog that was, like, around when she was born and then it, you well, know. Kid, sure. But, I mean. Uh, but it she does, wasn't, like, ripped away from her dog. But it's interesting because that, that doggy has been, the picture has been in the background on a lot of these. But this time mm-hmm. we really see it. And, I mean, and it makes me think, like, Joyce, why don't you have any pets for Buffy? Yeah. Like, I, be, I mean, I'd recommend, like, a kitty cat or a vampire chomping Rottweiler or something <laughs> like that. Because, you know, but. Yeah. But come on. A ferret. Yeah. Like goldfish. Something. I mean, even Willow got fish. Isn't there something about goldfish not turning out well for buffy or something i can't remember oh i mean it really didn't turn out well for willow but i thought that was nah we'll look it up later yeah maybe we'll, is is no that problem. in bad eggs maybe yeah i thought there was something about buffy and a goldfish i think so too but i might be insane oh well she she needs a man like that needs a bicycle <laughs> uh. <laughs> we're just talking about faith yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, there's there's something, but no, I mean it would be nice if if she had a pet or something. I know, but coming jealous, we're pretty happy she doesn't have a puppy. That's a, like a Rottweiler. Yeah, would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it would bite him a lot. Yeah, but there's all these the things about him, puppy, the puppy, and the yeah, but a Rottweiler. Yeah, you know, like we'll see. sorry, Angelus, you gonna bite your nuts off. <laughs> His wrinklies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you could teach it to sniff out <laughs> vampire deadness uh-huh. and like eat them all. Yeah, there you go. Be awesome. <laughs> at school willow has been recruited to help buffy with parent teacher banners since sheila willow suggests may have been caught in a raid at a bar she goes to which will tend to make one a bit tardy <laughs> <laughs> let's stop for a moment and notice the paint on buffy's cheek red yes paint, right where spike's cut it's like was exactly where the cut was it well, is. and they leave the cut on spike's cheek normally especially for vampires because they heal fast we just clean that shit up right, right. away but they leave it on there. Close-ups and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's they wanted us to notice, and they wanted us to notice this, too. Mm-hmm. And this isn't on the mirror image side, either. I mean, we'll see a lot of literal mirroring when we get to Faith and Buffy, but this is on the same side. Yeah. So this is not a shadow thing. Mm-hmm. This is... I mean, what do we think? This, I'm, I'm thinking it's sort of a subconscious cue for us, thinking Buffy and Spike, like oh, they... yeah, definitely. I mean, they really do have a lot in common, as, as they both embrace their vocations in a completely different way than anyone else has mm-hmm. before them. Uh, like, Buffy has her family and friends, and Spike clearly loves Drusilla. I mean, do you think that's it? Like, they're both I mean, kind of rogues? Could be or? That it, it, it could be that. It could also be, you know, if he is a, a metaphor of her sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going with the blood you know, thing again. That could definitely yeah, we be could it. Definitely, yeah, well, <laughs> and as as Spike says later, it's always got to be blood. Mm-hmm. So there's almost this, it's, it's showing us that there's just a definite link. And at this point, he might even be part of her shadow self as well in a, in a greater capacity than just the... Yeah, I think he's a different person. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> um, 
but you know, he was a new character. We didn't know he was going to stick around at this point. Very true. I mean, we are accepting the whole thing as whole and complete. But Absolutely. But at this point in Yeah, the we program, know realistically. I mean, I mean yeah. we, know, well, we know because we've read about the show. He wasn't supposed mm-hmm. to last past this season. Yeah, but he was just so good. Yeah. We had to keep him. <laughs> well, and the, t- the same thing happened with, with Faith. Mm-hmm. And I think a couple other characters as well. Like, oh, they're yeah. just so great that you have to keep them, you know. Yeah, totally. So I think, um, you know, it's just definitely showing us something about him. And we know mm-hmm. that we, he plays it as a romance later. Yes. Or at least an attraction later. But... It is definitely going to make us think of them as similar characters. Absolutely. Regardless. Absolutely. So, you know. Anyway, Buffy needs some help uh, with her French homework, uh, but Willow <laughs> reminds her that the plan is to go to the bronze and in case Angel shows up there. Xander makes a rookie mistake, accidentally suggesting that if Buffy isn't there, Angel might meet some other girl, and suddenly Buffy must be at the bronze. <laughs> <laughs> She's feeling confident, though. She can do everything she needs to do as long as she doesn't have to slay anything and Oh, Giles and Jenny <laughs> Calendar come in. No, and they are dressed like a couple. They're so cute. They are so cute. They look like they got dressed together today. It's I mean, unfortunately, so we know that they never yeah. get that far. But no, they look like but. they are completely in sync. Mm-hmm. They're completely adorable. Absolutely. They're both like kind of nerdy, kind of messy. Oh, yeah. You know, they're teasing each other. <laughs> Eccentric Talk, yeah. little power couple that they are. Oh, yeah. They're great. Yeah. Giles is discussing an extraneous lunar cycle with Jenny, and I do believe this is uh, perhaps the first direct menstrual reference of the episode, unless I missed one earlier. Um, <clears throat> oh, I didn't even put that together. <laughs> the there, fuck? And there will be more, but leave it wow. or not. We should be drinking Bloody Marys instead of stuff. <laughs> we should be. In honor of Buffy's period, for God's sake. <laughs> Jenny suggests that Giles try reading something written after the Norman invasion for an accurate calculation of the Mesopotamian calendar. And that was a rough <laughs> sentence to get through, I just have to say. Yeah, that Woo. took a few takes. <laughs> Two. Okay. That was the second one. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, Buffy wonders what's up, and Giles says that Jenny has calculated that this weekend will feature the night of St. Vigius. Go, Jenny! <laughs> yeah. is, that, is, that the, is that Buffy's period? Saint oh, just, just wait till I tell you what that is. <laughs> okay. St. <laughs> Vigius apparently was some kind of vampire crusader who conquered Mesopotamia. Buffy uh, says she really needs to not get kicked out of school first, and then she can worry about vampires. Giles is a bit more unsympathetic than I would have anticipated about Buffy's school problems. And this show is, of course, showing Giles, the surrogate dad, as pressuring her into being the slayer, and Joyce as pressuring her into being the human girl. And uh, poor Buffy's caught in the middle. And she has so much going on, including how her very own Fertile Crescent is going to be menaced by a vampire pretty soon here. In case you are all wondering if St. Vigius invading Mesopotamia is a metaphor for something, it is. <laughs> Even Buffy's shirt says she's luscious. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, what does Giles think is going to happen if Buffy gets expelled? I mean, she's going to have to move again. And he's going to move with her? That would be tricky to explain to Joyce, yeah, right? Well, maybe he just really doesn't think she would get expelled. Maybe not, like, but she, I mean, he's got to listen to her, like, seriously. Yeah. Because she's a decent amount but, of trouble. But he does have the absent-minded professor thing going he does. on. I think he's so he's, fixated. And yeah. he's, he's fixated on Slayer, vampires, vampire mm-hmm. Slayer. Well, and even though he buries, he's buried a lot of people as a watcher. And mm-hmm. he's had a lot of consequences. I don't think he's had enough in his current position where we could say that he's aware that there's vulnerability. I think that's to anybody. Th- yeah. yeah, I think so. Like, I don't think anybody close enough to him has been taken out. Oh, that's going to change, man. Yeah. Just give it a minute. But yeah. that's also, I think that's why they're doing this. I think they're trying to give him a sense of invincibility. Because Giles mm-hmm. is, he can have the job and the watcher and the library 
and you the know, girlfriend. Yeah, and the girlfriend and everything else, you know, like they've they've been able to get past everything pretty easily. They're actually getting cocky. In yeah. the very last episode, you know, he was like, Oh, this is just a normal night. <laughs> right. You know, so they're totally getting cocky. We're we're getting into a very Icarus type state here. Which I mean, it's the Buffy verse. They're gonna get smacked down pretty good. Oh yeah. Oh so but I mean honestly though know, this is a pretty important cover identity. Oh yeah. We should help. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah. But again, <laughs> just like just like Joyce thinks it should be just that simple for Buffy to snap out of and it. And that's what I'm saying, is they yeah. are they are I mean, they are the of, of what? The 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 screws in, in the vice that's tightening down on Buffy. Yeah, totally. And, and they're they, just tearing and, her yeah, apart. She's, both of her parents, Giles mm-hmm. and Joyce, are are just pressuring her and pressure and pressure and pressure and pressure. And we'll see more of that, absolutely, in the oh, series. Because yeah. she's got to turn into her own person without that. Yeah. Like, she's got to find her own identity that's independent of all the pressure. And how do you figure that out unless you're pressured into a point that you can't deal with? It's like the cold diamond thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Superman holding a piece of coal <laughs> until it turns into a diamond. Until Vampire Slayer pops out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a whole new Athena right there. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Can I make my own Vampire Slayer that way? That would be cool. <laughs> Have fun with that. <laughs> Willow and Xander thankfully jump in and hopper offer to help with whatever Buffy needs. Whittling stakes, research, and the whistling of jaunty tunes. <laughs> look on her face don't help Sandra. don't help me (laughs) giles clarifies though that buffy has to do all the fighting herself and i swear he is just about to launch into the one girl in all the world speech (laughs) when he sees snyder and lectures them about television instead and jenny adorably goes along with him (laughs) you're all slaves (laughs) yes (laughs) slaves to television yes yes (laughs) <laughs> then, 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 then they, they scurry they scurry they bail right out of there <laughs> snyder busts willow and xander for helping buffy realizing that sheila is a no-show buffy covers for her even though ratting out sheila would save buffy a lot of trouble she would win the contest and, and not be expelled because snyder was going to just take one of them out but buffy is a nice person most of the time and uh <laughs> luckily a very hungover sheila stumbles in just then and snyder is still suspicious but he he's off their backs for the next five minutes at least Sheila thanks Buffy and asks if she's really an arsonist, and Buffy confirms that she has been one, you know, more than once. <laughs> and Sheila is way impressed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Buffy got scared by Sheila, and Sheila's impressed by Buffy. Yeah, very much so. Oh, and was, as long as we have a pause, I just noticed on my notes, our first, I think it's our first Scooby-Doo shirt is in the scene. Might be the second. Is it the second? Might be. I don't okay. remember. But we still have a Scooby-Doo shirt. Yeah, yes, definitely. On Very much so. And, and we're already, I mean, and they're drawing attention to clothes in this particular scene because we got Buffy's luscious shirt, we got Willow's mm-hmm. Scooby shirt. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and another thing, directly behind Buffy, there are stickers. Mm-hmm. And these stickers were fuzzy in every shot in this scene up until this one. One says porn star, which is no big deal. We've seen Xander wearing a porn star shirt before. Um, but then, below it, someone from the prop department has cut up an In-N-Out burger sticker and it now reads in and out urge see i'm not a crazy person this whole episode is about buffy sexuality no i i had a hard time believing it when you first told me but i'm going with it and it's working like a lot it's everywhere like they're excessive with it it's just like once we figured out the prometheus thing in the last episode right it was like oh my god it's all here so yeah uh at the bronze i'm not sure if xander's dancing or buffy's french is the worst part of this it's a close call And you were amused by Xander. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I just love, so we have Buffy and Willow, who are both, you know, in the foreground. And just mention on costuming. So Xander's wearing black and gray. Willow's wearing black. And Buffy's wearing whoopee blue. Mm-hmm. 
because she needs a little help. No, Whoopi. Yeah. Um, but they're, like, they're trying to study in the foreground, and her heart's just dancing around the background, <laughs> having a great time. <laughs> Woo! I don't give a shit about French. Yay! <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's such a great little frame of Buffy's actual <laughs> mental state, because she's there to see Angel. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the whole reason they're there. So, of course, her heart is dancing around, hoping to have fun and run into somebody. <laughs> right. Because... She's there to see Angel. There's no other reason to be at the Bronx. <laughs> right. And, um, okay. <laughs> I laugh every time at the cow should touch me from Thursday. <laughs> and maybe that's what I was feeling. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> Willow thinks Buffy isn't focused because Angel isn't there. Uh, Xander convinces Buffy and a more reluctant Willow to dance. Oh, and all of the lyrics throughout this scene tell us things, especially the next part. While yes. they're dancing, Spike watches from the shadows. This oh, and kind he, of, um, I note about James Marsters mm-hmm. here. I saw an interview with him, and he played this as an attraction scene. Yeah. So he And he said it wasn't, it wasn't difficult, but with <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar dancing around without a bra. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he said that he played this whole episode as an attraction scene. Like, yes, he's, he's with Drew, and he's committed to her, but he's still attracted to Buffy. So we're seeing those first glimmers of fascination well, and, and obsession. And we, we find out later that Drew Scylla was all over that from the very first second. Yes. She knew. Yeah. And his obsession just grows. <laughs> yeah. Um, where he's, I even think he's a little reluctant to kill her. I think he just wants to play with her. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a very angelic kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, because he was his Yoda, mm-hmm. you know, Spike Absolutely. learned everything he knows from oh, Angelus. yes, he did. Yeah. So uh, this kind of stalking definitely has a different vibe from when Angel does it. <laughs> yeah. uh, he tells one of the vampires to go outside and uh, have a bite and then reports loudly and with an earshot of Buffy that uh, someone's out there you know, getting all bitey. Uh, outside, Buffy saves a young gal from becoming vamp food. She uh, fights the vampire, sending Xander inside for her steak. <laughs> and Buffy, girlfriend, you need a steak holster. She does. <laughs> she just ran out there, but you know. Yeah, I, I like the punctuated, a steak would be nice while yeah, she's hitting the vampire. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so Spike is watching the fight. Inside, Xander is rooting through all the metaphors in Be- Buffy's purse. <laughs> we have the yo-yo, which is her childhood, a very scary tampon, yet another reference to her sexual maturity, and at last her steak, adulthood. Nice job, show. Yes. <laughs> Outside, the fight continues. The vampire knocks Buffy down and coughs up the whole St. Vigius plan, so vampires are still stupid if you're keeping score. <laughs> She kicks him in the face, and she, and he calls to Spike for assistance. Sander tosses her the stake, and she takes care of business. Spike emerges in the shadows, applauding Buffy's performance. He tells her that he'll see her Saturday, which also seems stupid, but really isn't because he's changed the plan. Very different, yeah. that Spike. <laughs> she oh. asks what happens Saturday, and he says that he's, he's got to kill her then. Uh, Buffy doesn't seem terribly pleased, but lets Spike go. After all, she's out of stakes. Buffy, <laughs> steak holster. <laughs> Yeah. Stop telling me you'll thank me later. <laughs> well, his his entrance in that is so different than all the other mm-hmm. vampires. Like we're seeing him in such a different light. He is. Co- it's so different. Yeah. Well, he sets her up. He's thinking like he lies. To, I mean, vampires have, have, will just tell you, "I'm going to kill you on this date at this time." Blah 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 blah. Yeah. I'm gonna be like, wearing this, this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah, this he, is what you're going to do. And he, you know, he does the fake out. Uh huh. Yeah, he totally does. He's a very different kind of vampire. Just, just like, like she's a very different Slayer. Exactly. Uh, in another alley, or maybe the same one, Sunnydale has a lot of scary alleys, so I lose track. Uh, <laughs> Sheila is leaving with two guys, and she's trying a bit too hard, I have to, to say. They're already leaving with you, girl. I know. You don't have to talk about what the leather wants makes you want to do. Seriously. Yeah, like, that. you're already leaving with two guys. You're going to have a good time. Yeah. 
just chill. Just and what happened to Meat Pie, girlfriend? (laughs) (laughs) Where is Meat Pie? (laughs) Meat Pie is lucky he's not there because uh, the guys disappear. (laughs) And she turns and she's face to face with Spike. He convinces her that he's a way hotter ticket, which is very true. And uh, she follows him. We see that Spike has drained the guys and left them in the alley. Uh, in the library, Giles thinks that Spike is an unorthodox name for vampire, and Buffy gets a pretty smart little orthodox versus reform joke in here. Nice one, Buffy. <laughs> Everyone, and I laugh every time. I do, too. It's great. It's snappy. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is worried about the addition of Spike to the St. Vigius plans. Angel shows up to give very little information about Spike, considering how much he actually has. Uh, <laughs> Buffy asks why he didn't turn up at the bronze, and Angel is perplexed. Uh, Willow starts adding up all the women that she and Buffy's spirit, obviously, think Angel has been with over a couple of centuries. But it's really just Darla, you guys, and Drusilla occasionally. Yeah. I mean, it really, it's, but, yeah, but I Darla. Think. I mean, it's Darla. Much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's and, and whoever Darla brought over for him to... Well, I don't count as you victims. Know. Okay. <laughs> I would never but, count yeah. as victims. Okay. But, I mean, it's Darla. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? A little bit of Drew. And it's, it's, it's kind of... I mean, and it really does show the gulf. And possibly Spike. Well, we can hope. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, it, I mean, it, 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 it totally shows the gulf between Buffy's headspace mm-hmm. and Angel's headspace. And why, honest, I mean, we, whether, you, whether you ship them or not, mm-hmm. this kind of thing, I mean, it just means it's never going to work. Oh, yeah, this is He's 200-something years old. Yeah. And she is sniping at him like a teenage girl over whether he was supposed to be at the bronze or not. Mm-hmm. And... It, and, and then when, and then Willow is like, well, wow, what if he went on dates? And, and yeah. it's like, no, <laughs> vampires don't like go out on dates, you guys. Come <laughs> on. Like they have no con. They think that life is going to always be like high school. And it yeah. just shows this huge gulf between the two camps. And it does. It, well, I mean, it really puts him off. And, and um, this is my headcanon, I guess. Mm-hmm. He was running a little late because it usually is. Yeah. He's got to get pretty without a mirror. And he's dressed up like he's <laughs> actually hair, dressed. And make his hair stick yeah, straight up. Hair stick straight up. <laughs> but like, he had to get dressed and he's wearing like a lovely right. little purple shirt. So he looks he, good. He looks like he was going to the bronze. So I bet he showed up at the bronze right after Buffy left and everyone's running around saying, oh my God, this guy tried to bite a girl. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, well, okay, they must be back at the library doing research. So he shows up at the research, hears Spike's name, and then is like, whoa, shit. And right. then books it out of there because Buffy pisses him off. Well, I, and I, I think that's, I think he, yeah, I think he, I think that's the reason he, I mean, I think there are a couple of reasons. I, I'll get to just like two seconds. Okay, but, sorry. Um, no, 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 you're not jumping ahead. I, I just left okay. it later. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, I think he's put off by that in a big, mm-hmm. big oh, way. Oh, yeah. And I think he was seriously going to the bronze. Oh, I, 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 I totally think so, too. I mean, yeah. he's, he is super dressed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, yeah. he's always, he always looks nice. Yeah, but, but he's this not is wearing... like, I mean, the nice ironed. Was it purple shirt? It's purple. Yeah. It's like a nice plum. It's yeah. like the color of mom's new car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Our mom and, but, got a new car. Yeah, she did. Congrats, mom. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's got this great, you know, nice, beautiful suit. Mm-hmm. Every, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think he yeah. was going to see Buffy and then she got all teenager mm-hmm. on him. Uh, so Giles reminds them, you know, ahem, about the impending doom. And uh, Buffy is still thinking about parent-teacher night. And Jenny is hoping everybody won't, you know, die on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Angel, though. And here we go. Possibly in response to being a 200-year-old guy who just got called out by a teenager for not being at the bronze, or the speculation about his dating life, or maybe just avoiding talking about Spike, because that would involve talking about what a nightmare he used to be when he was angelus, has left. Ah, yes. Oh, and I should note here that uh, when we first come back to the library, we're looking in from above through that skylight, you know, the master skylight. 
um, pretty much at exactly the same angle. There's something about this angle that shows vulnerability to the cast. Yeah, um, we, we definitely. I mean, the most memorable one was in Prophecy Girl, I believe, when Giles yeah. was doing all his research and finding out about the prophecy and freaking out because Buffy was going to die. Exactly. Yeah, and we're right above him, and then we yeah. see that shot again later. When it seems the master to be dies. a bad guy that they're not prepared for. Yeah, or someone new is coming, or there's a yeah. new threat. But yeah, this is definitely a shot. Like a, we a big threat, not like a big bad necessarily, but a big threat of yeah. some kind. So we we reserve this for big movements in the plot. Yeah. Um, especially so this is that that framing. Um, tells us something's definitely up. It's yeah. it's like just imagine the whole thing covered in red all of a sudden. Yeah, I <laughs> mean <laughs> it, it, it kind of is like the peeping tom shot. Like mm-hmm. it's sort of the shaky cam. Like who's out yeah, there? Yeah, totally. Kind of is what thing. it gives you that sense of insecurity. Yeah, and we absolutely. we do that a couple times with just some shots from behind the bushes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do it too much in Buffy, which is good because it drives me crazy when me it too. looks like someone's watching you and no one's watching you. I know. I hate it, <laughs> <laughs> but it works in some circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> and uh. Xander says he wants to get Angela Bell, and I think after the last episode, Buffy and Cordelia would agree he needs one. (laughs) (laughs) In Drusilla's room, Miss Edith the doll has displeased Drew in some way and won't get to have any cakes. Naturally, snart, the actual line. Uh, 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 Miss Edith speaks out of turn. She's been a bad example and will have no cakes today. There we go. It's not quite on, but it's my favorite. It's pretty good. Yes. And I think she's talking about Buffy. I think you might be right. Yeah, because she spoke out of turn and she gets no angel cakes. Mm-hmm. No yeah. angel cakes for her. Nope. And a future shout out to Lauren. Yay, Lauren. <laughs> I can't wait to, to Lauren. I know I love Lauren. Yeah. Oh, angel cakes. So <laughs> for extra creepy points, all the dolls, including Miss Edith, have been gagged and their hands are bound. Spike is yeah. trying to convince her to eat something, but Drew isn't hungry. And Mrs. Prog Spike points out how Drew was almost killed by a mob in Prague, which he reveals is why they're in Sunnydale. Spike is well aware of the mystical properties of Hellmouth, so he's hoping that Drew's proximity to it will heal her. And oh dear, well, Sheila has just been kind of gagged and bound and is hanging <laughs> by a hook, just like the dolls. Look at that. Uh, yeah, just kind huh. of like a meat hook kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And, uh, anyway. Then uh, they'll they'll burn the whole thing down, and Drew likes that plan very much, and mm-hmm. Spike is looking forward to St. Phidias. Uh, Drew encourages Spike to win the Anointed One's Trust by participating in the rituals associated with St. Phidias. Spike says he will, but only if Drew snacks on Sheila. I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking that Buffy was on to something about, on her, with her joke for, about Spike being not Orthodox but Reformed, because yeah. he doesn't believe about in this religious vampire stuff. Um, well, if we... Okay, so I just had this thought. Mm-hmm. The Slayer has prophetic dreams. Indeed. Um, so that means she is somehow endowed with psychic abilities. Yeah. What that, if that the powers that be want her to yes. know about, I think is how it goes. That's true. But, you know, sometimes th- things seem to leak in. Um, so what if she is psychically linked with Spike? I don't know if linked. Or not linked, a, but she's psychically picking she, up she, on things. She definitely could have had a dream like a month ago uh-huh. and seen flashes of this and it's all jogging something in her subconscious for yeah, sure. Something yeah, something like that. Like, I just wonder if she's if she's actually honing on Spike a little bit. Um, yeah, she needs to work on that honing, man. Yeah, she really does. <laughs> Puffy, yeah. come on. I also, I love the idea that like the Hellmouth is like crystal hot springs for vampires. Like, <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> Like you go there to heal up and feel better. <laughs> bask in the wa- bask in the waters of Lake Minnetonka, kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> yes. And the backstory on Prague. Oh, it's so, there's nothing not to love about all this. Oh, and I the love chemistry it. that they I have. Love it. Yeah, how she when she pesters him, he has that like, uh, 
like they've had this argument before yeah. uh, this whole scene yeah, is I, just I, I read something at one gorgeous. point um and i can't remember where it came from of course because i didn't know i was going to do a podcast uh and um <laughs> but i it was something it was uh james marsters was saying that the like the one the one actor uh on buffy and i'm assuming other times as well um that his girlfriend uh was ever jealous of and had a little issues with would would was juliet landau because they had so much chemistry and holy crap they have so much chemistry so much chemistry (laughs) holy shit yeah and they're so comfortable with each other they feel like a couple yeah they absolutely do completely Mm -hmm. just completely physically comfortable and intimate with each other and it's it's adorable and scary as fuck when he lays down on her doll Yes. Like most people would be inclined to move the doll. Yeah, but yeah, he just lays down on it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Spike leaves to do his, uh, you know, rituals. Uh, and uh, Drew Get points. Get with the fellows. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> and Drew points out to Miss Edith that if she had been good, she could have watched the next part. But Miss Edith was yeah. a very bad doll indeed, and, and she's a blonde doll. I just want to point that out. Oh, yeah, interesting. Buffy, Buffy, Buffy. <laughs> I love Drew's game face, I have to say. I love it is just game so sleek too. like a jaguar or like yeah. a snake. Yeah, it goes with the snarl sound oh, the best yeah. out of everybody. And uh, I mean and and uh, we see all of a sudden here that Drew is not so much crazy and helpless as as scary as shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's super scary. So she's scary and cray cray. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. and surprisingly sane as well as mm-hmm. cray cray. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At school the next day, the Scoobies and various helpers are getting everything ready, uh, both for slaying and for parent-teacher night. Also helping, Cordelia! <laughs> Look how far Cordy's arc has taken her already, just in one season. It's a sign of things to come, for sure. <laughs> how long have I been doing this? <laughs> About 30 seconds. <laughs> Can I go? <laughs> oh, I love her. Uh, Giles is filling them in on the vampire rituals associated with St. Vigius. Buffy is stressed about parent-teacher night and has decided she needs punch. Indeed, Buffy, punching solves so many <laughs> other problems. So does hitting things with fire axes, but your mom can tell you about that. <laughs> There's some awesome back and forth between Cordy and Xander, and then Cordy being supportive of Buffy in her way. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying. She's She is. For Cordelia, she is being, like, super nice. Oh, yes. Well, and the, the flirting with... Xander. Yeah, that's, I think that's why she's yeah. really there. It's just so uh-huh. good. Quality well, time. And uh, also, Giles is wearing his red vest of doom. Yeah, yeah. Yes, henceforth doom. known. Because doom is coming. Yeah. The, <laughs> is, is, it's either the red vest of prophecy or the red vest of doom. That's <laughs> good. Hmm. <laughs> the red vest of... of trouble? Red yeah. vest of trouble. Right here in River City. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and, and, you know, Buffy's period. Yeah, the red vest. Bu- this one is probably the red vest of Buffy's period. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because everything else in the whole episode is about her period. She's surfing a crimson wave. Yeah. She's got a haul ass to the ladies. And in more, more That's waves. Clueless. Than, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and in more ways than usual with vampires and <laughs> slaying vampires. You know, it does seem hazardous. You know, you're not supposed to, like, go camping when, you know, because right. bears and your period. Well, Spike, okay, way, way later in the series, he does that creepy sniffing thing. Oh, yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> they both, both he and Angel do this. I know. I don't like the sniffing. <laughs> But they're predators. That's what they do. I know, but they don't have to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, just say, hey, I've, I've had a sense of you being here. <laughs> don't be like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it just. It, is it hazardous to be a slayer on your period? I would think. Cause, well, because. Okay. That, I think that depends what kind of slayer you are. Okay. Okay. So uh, 
like Faith would love it because she would get kill how many more vampires? Like how fucking <laughs> cool would that? It's like putting chum in the water with sharks. Yeah, right? exactly. Okay. Like Faith would would dig it. <laughs> like she would get a bunch of girls together who were having their periods, and she would like put them places, and she would just you know hunt around them, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but Buffy, who doesn't so much like like the slaying of the vampires, I don't mm-hmm. think she'd dig it. Well, she she likes it, but not that much. She she likes being the slayer. I don't think she likes slaying. Yeah. A little bit later, she when she was with Faith, she loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple other times, she seems to dig it, kind of. Yeah. I think she likes the idea of it more than she likes the reality of it. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I, I do wonder about the practicalities of being a slayer on your period. I, I'm going to I'm gonna go with Faith and think it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> because no boring nights during well, that few days. she is ultimate woman power, though. She I mean, she really is. She's totally Diana, goddess of the hunt, kind of like... Yes, I mean she's not; she's Heracles, but you know. but she's also. I mean that was she was that was one of our suspects for mm-hmm. was Diana, um, and there 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 is an argument to be made, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean it'd be like, it'd be like Christmas <laughs> once a month for Faith. I get to slay all these fuckers. Well, it'd finally, be something to look forward to with your period, other than not pregnant. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, <laughs> so. <laughs> Later at parent-teacher night, slayers are good at a lot of things, but making lemonade is not one of them. Oh my God. Okay, so all these decorations. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I wasn't going to bring it up because red and yellow are the school colors. Right. But how fucked are you if your school is right on top of a hell melt and your school color is red? <laughs> like, the school is predicting its own demise. Well, I'm thinking they probably did that way, that way on purpose, yeah? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. But yeah, so like just the whole like the whole lounge is red. Everything's yep, red. Everything's the sign is red. red. Every, every, er, everything. Yep. Yeah, it's all red. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hashtag Hellmouth problems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First world Hellmouth problems. Uh, so Buffy wearing yet another symbol of fertility in the form of a flower on her skirt that is pointing right there. <laughs> explains that the plan is to keep Joyce away from all of her teachers and also Snyder. Willow is down with the, down with this plan, uh, escorting Joyce away to meet absolutely no one. Snyder, though, <laughs> has noted Joyce's arrival, so the clock is ticking. <laughs> Later that evening, uh, Cordy arrives, declaring that even slaves make minimum wage. <laughs> That's <laughs> wondering about Buffy's makeup and then admiring Joyce's makeup. <laughs> yes. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) Joyce is wondering why her parent-teacher night experience involves a parent and absolutely no teachers. (laughs) If you watch Willow's face... She oh, is I love it. I love it. Right over <laughs> right over Joyce's shoulder. Just keep an eye on Willow. Yeah. She does this little like, yeah. Kind of like, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Willow's so proud of herself orchestrating this. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I would be too. Well, and notice, so Willow's parents didn't show up. Of course. Because they know she's fine. Zero mention. Zero mention of Xander's parents. Right. They don't show. He doesn't talk about them. He doesn't expect them. He doesn't have to work around them. They're not there. Right. Well, we don't. I don't think they mention Willows, do they? No, they don't. Yeah, but I mean, we can we can extrapolate from what we know that they're or they, maybe they're out of town on some expedition or whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just well, and you know, those. they are kind of just metaphors. So that's true. They are just <laughs> metaphors. So their but parents yeah. might be there. You know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Willow's at least out. She's at least out helping. But yeah. Xander's in the library the whole time. It's true. He is, he never talks to his teachers. His parents never talk to his teachers. We never talk about his parents. I mean, we see Cordelia out too. So we can assume that one of her parents showed up. True. That is probably why she came out. Yeah. 
So, and maybe Willow's, Willow's probably came right at the beginning and said, she's fine, she's fine, she's fine, okay, bye. <laughs> right. you know? She taught my class the other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I just want to point out that. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, Xander's yeah. non-involvement with the it's parents. very interesting. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, Snyder has found Joyce. Cordy is delighted by this and Willow <laughs> offers her some delicious lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> In the library, Giles has found some information on Spike. He's referred to as William the Bloody Natch. He tortures <laughs> people with railroad spikes, and he's two for two in killing slayers. Back at parent-teacher night, Joyce is pissed, because even though Buffy did a lovely job, adults are not to be trusted, and of course, Snyder gave Joyce the worst possible view of Buffy. Yes. Oh, and call back quick to the railroad spike. Oh, yeah. This yep. was predicted uh, exactly a season ago. In... Oh, it was in which, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep, it was in which. Season yeah. one, episode three, yep. exactly a season ago, we first referenced Torch the railroad spikes spike yep. to the head. Yep. So, just a little callback to that. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome. <laughs> I know, it's really good. <laughs> just then, though, Spike and his vampire squad break through a window and into the school. Buffy hucks a chair at him, tripping him up, and grabs her mom. Spike declares that nobody is to escape, but Buffy has other ideas and begins leading people to the safe room. She bowls some vamps over with a cleaning cart, and this is really quite an effective strategy in slowing down vampires, though (laughs) it is, at best, only 50% effective, and less so if you're a computer teacher and not a slayer (laughs) of the vampires. That's a a sad and very good point. Yes. Cordelia is grabbed by a vampire, but Willow saves her. Go, Willow. Mm-hmm. And pulls her into a closet. This is an excellent opportunity for some fanfic that I hope someone has taken advantage of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like that Willow gave a vampire head. <laughs> Gadonk! <laughs> <laughs> well, we get to see we get to see Mean Willow. Yeah, oh, feisty. Like, yeah, feisty, feisty Willow. Feisty Willow. Feisty we, when you Willow. finally cross the line with Willow, she is she badass. She will brain you. Yeah. Well, and she bust. called him. She didn't just go up and do it. She said, hey! Yeah. And then hit him. <laughs> I know, it was great. Like, it was so good. <laughs> hit him with a bust. She did. Uh, hearing the chaos, Giles, Jenny, and Xander run out of the library. Buffy yells a brief summary of events at them, and they get themselves <laughs> back into the library. Buffy has also found a safe classroom for everyone and gets them barricaded in. The power goes out. Spike gets an update from one of the vamps. He's not terribly impressed because they've lost sight of Buffy, who was the whole reason for the mission. <laughs> Spike declares that he likes veal and straight up kills a guy he's got a hold of instead of feeding on him. In the library, Giles has discovered that the phone isn't working, but he has a plan and sends Xander to find Angel. In the classroom, Joyce has noticed that the invaders have some kind of weird face thing going on, and Snyder points out that clearly it's a gang on PCP. (laughs) (laughs) But score one for Joyce actually observing something. Yeah, yeah, she'll she'll forget in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Repression. (laughs) Sunnydale syndrome. Uh, Buffy, her slayer half pushing her eager to please human half right out of the way, stops him from trying to go outside, and in the face of Snyder's sniping, comes as close as she can to declaring that she's the slayer. Without actually saying it, saying that she's the one who knows how to stop them. Yeah. Uh, Joyce tries to stop Buffy from being all John McClane, but that's pointless <laughs> in an homage to Die Hard, and Buffy pulls herself up into the ceiling, telling her mom not to worry. In the halls, Spike is trying to find Buffy while well, he's looking for her, uh, her kitty cat. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he's just about to kick open Willow and Cordelia's hiding place when he's alerted to Buffy's presence in the ceiling. In the library, Giles is getting his weapons together so he can go help Buffy. Jenny points out that this isn't a great plan, but Giles says he's Buffy's watcher and he's responsible for her. And what he's describing isn't being Buffy's watcher at all, of course, especially when he just said a couple of days ago that Buffy was the only one who should be doing the actual fighting of vampires. He's Buffy's dad right now. 
And Jenny mm-hmm. fully realizes this and just tells him to be careful. Yeah. She oh, was, good she child. She would have been such a great stepmom. She really would have been a good stepmom. Yeah. Or or surrogate stepmom. Well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Hank's, but yeah. Hank's fucked off. It doesn't yeah, matter. True. <laughs> no, I and I love Giles like this. I love mm-hmm. his duality. His I mean, the the torture he must be under constantly mm-hmm. to push Buffy to go fight the fight. Right. But know that he's gonna put himself in harm's way if she's yeah. ever actually in danger. Yeah. Yeah. And we totally saw that struggle. I mean, his 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 mind says she is the one girl in all the world. She must fight vampires by herself. Mm-hmm. And his heart says, but she's my kid and I can't yeah. let her go out there and get killed. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. So good. <laughs> I, know. I just love, I tear up a tiny, tiny bit. Just a, yeah. It's, it's, it's cute. I get a little lump in the throat. Yeah. Misty. <laughs> Before he can get himself killed though, Buffy drops through the ceiling. Giles is overjoyed that she's okay. And Buffy briefs him on logistics and starts filling Xander's bag. Nice job in setting that one up show with weapons. And Jenny Callender is very helpfully passing her own <laughs> weapons. I think it's so cute. Yeah. Uh, Buffy says that she's going to go slay and Giles's job is to go uh, help her mom get out. In the classroom, we're oh, treated. Oh, but that's to- good too. Mm-hmm. When she says, "Giles, my mom is in that room." Yeah. If I can't, you know, and he's if something like, happens. Damn right, I will. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Jo- jolly well, right, I will. Yeah. yeah. Just, oh, it's just so good. So cute. Damn it. In the classroom, we're treated to Sassy Joyce versus Snyder, and it is delightful. Some uh, some stupid guy to whom I will refer as stupid guy for the rest of, the <laughs> of his very short life. <laughs> has decided to climb out a window. Uh, Joyce points out how terrible an idea this is and that Buffy told them to stay there, but Snyder dismisses him and starts helping stupid guy pull the protective metal slats away from the window. Probably meant to protect you from vampires, those metal slats. <laughs> You're on a hell mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> out in the hall, Spike sees a vamp trying unsuccessfully to break into the classroom, so he rams the vamp's head in case of emergency <laughs> break glass. Uh, glass. Uh, he gives the, him the fire axe from an inside and... Uh, takes another vamp with him and continues down the hall in the classroom joyce is a tad unnerved by the vampire swinging a fire axe at the door as one would be and snyder and stupid guy have got the slats all bent and stupid guy of course <laughs> decides to be the first one through the window and promptly gets eaten <laughs> and joyce <laughs> runs over and bends the slats back yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the hall spike has uh, we can see zoned in on where buffy is in the ceiling uh, outside, Xander has arrived with Angel, and they see the body of Stupid Guy. Uh, Xander asks him about the plan, and Angel grabs him by the throat and drags him into the building. <laughs> he says, good plan. <laughs> At least they're on the same page. I know. <laughs> I love when they get paired up. It's so funny. Uh, Willow and Cordy are still stuck in the closet. <laughs> Buffy is still making her way through the ceiling, but Spike and his vamp start poking through it with metal poles, and she backs up. Which is a little homage to Die Hard as well. Yeah, I believe they do mentioned. shoot through the uh, the vent and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And uh, also rather Freudian. Yeah. <laughs> a little phallic. That I, I, the axe is a bit phallic too, isn't it? It's like a, a wielding know. of. Yeah. Because the way it gets passed around a lot is kind of interesting. <laughs> true. Like it just <laughs> well, it's it's mostly held by women though. That's true. It is. Uh, except for that first vamp. Yeah. The rest, everybody else who wields it is a woman. Um, I'm not sure, but I mean, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. outside of the podcast, it certainly is reminiscent of the scythe. That's true. It's very <laughs> reminiscent of the so scythe. So it might it be a little be... more girl power than yeah. boy power. Well, and it's red. It's, it's the crimson X. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and, I mean, and I mean, Spike's more the, the pole. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, the uh, X I vampire. Think you're right. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, it's, I, yeah. I mean, I think it might be the scythe. It's the vagina X. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. 
<laughs> the uh, ex-vampire, who currently has it anyway, has almost <laughs> managed to chop his way through the door to the classroom and Joyce, but dro- Buffy drops down uh, on him from the ceiling and stakes him, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> I, I love when they show Buffy as the predator. Yes. Because she's the slayer, you know? We, mm-hmm. we, it's Buffy likes to, likes to act all cute and everything, but, I mean, she's a killer. Yeah, she is. <laughs> well, and I like the framing. It's very yeah, horror it, movie framing. You just see her arm come up and it... Yeah, yeah, I love it. Through the hole in the door, Joyce tries to convince Buffy to save herself because despite her general non-helpfulness, Joyce is still a mom and has no problem <laughs> sacrificing herself for her kids. Uh, but Buffy tells her to sit tight. Uh, Buffy goes in search of other vampires and finds Sheila. She wonders uh, where Sheila has been and lets her take the axe. And, <laughs> and here, okay, and here we can see the trade-off between being all Slayer and not all Slayer. Remember how Buffy's tragically underdeveloped Slayer senses worked uh, in when she was bad? She knew Angel was behind her yeah. immediately. Yeah, Buffy's back to identifying as a human, so she can't feel that Sheila has been turned. <laughs> Spike is still poking holes in the ceiling. Um, you know, just <laughs> poking holes in the ceiling with a substitute phallus. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Angel comes in with Xander. First, Spike refers to Angel as Angelus. Oh, it's Angelus. Yeah. <laughs> Same idea. Well, what you pointed out is a closer It is a closer to the actual yeah. Uh, then he uh, says the same line that Angel did in The Harvest. I'll be damned. Now. Hmm. When we've got lines like this that are echoed, we should be on alert for possible shadow self. And that does tend to be one of Spike's many roles on this show and Angel the series. Angel, of course, is allowed to have a shadow self because, as Snart pointed out a while ago, he's one of the few fully real people. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was talking about earlier. Uh-huh. Drusilla that's good. is Buffy's. Yes. Spike is Angel's. And oh, we're going to see right. how yeah. that relationship could be <laughs> if they really got together. Like yeah. really got together. Yeah. Uh, Angel says that he taught Spike to always guard his perimeter, so we know that they were a whole lot closer than Angel ever let on. They catch up. Spike is surrounded by idiots, and Angel has got the Slayer fooled. Xander calls Angel an undead liar guy, and Angel is like, (laughs) dude, shut up. (laughs) Angel offers Spike a Xander snack before they kill Buffy. (laughs) (laughs) Buffy has got Sheila behind her with an axe, and oh, Buffy, girlfriend, what are you doing? Two things that should be on your agenda. Steak holster and honing of the tragically underdeveloped Slayer senses. <laughs> Sheila vamps out and starts to swing at Buffy with the axe. Uh, luckily, Buffy's mind, at least, has some situational awareness. And Giles spots what's going on and yells to Buffy. Buffy gets the axe away from her easily and uses the handle to, and to smack her in the face. <laughs> Buffy is attacked by the vamp she was sneaking up on and bedding the axe in the wall. And he's all cocky until he realizes that, that she stuck him with a steak, too. <laughs> nice work, Buffy. Yeah. Great work. <laughs> that is good. Well, and there's there's a, a sign with a guy with no leg, and yeah. she sticks the, the axe in right where his leg stops. Yep. <laughs> it's like she chops off his leg. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Sheila, suddenly very wise, runs away and is never heard from again. Well done, <laughs> Sheila. <laughs> Sometimes it's just better to run away from the Slayer. Uh, Buffy gets everyone out of the classroom and into the library, telling Giles to get them all out. Joyce wants Buffy to come with them, but Buffy won't, of course, because she's a hero. Joyce is clearly clearly not down with this plan. Meanwhile, Spike is asking Angel where he's been. Spike says he's not into having company, and Spike agrees that sounds like him. <laughs> doesn't <laughs> well, and also, this tells us that Spike doesn't know that Angel got a soul. I thought he did. No, he doesn't. Darla knew, Oh, right. Darla's the only one who knows. Spike and Drusilla didn't know. So this is, a, it's really good it's storytelling. Good it's super tight. That is good stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, Spike's wondering why Angel hasn't taken out the Slayer himself. Angel says he wants to stay out of it since Buffy killed the Master and all, and Spike seems to buy it. They lean in to feed on Xander, and they're they're both they're 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 both <laughs> they're both gonna feed from the same person at the same time. <laughs> this is exactly where the whole Spike Angel pairing fanfic started, I would think. I'm pretty sure it's like they're drinking out of the same wine glass or something. Yeah, it's like, totally. come on, what? Yeah. You, you really? <laughs> Yeah. And with a man in between them, too. I, I mean, know. That, you can both feet on a dude. That's like a three-way, yeah, man. That's very secure of them. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. Or very gay of them. <laughs> one of like the I other. said, there was that one time. Yeah. There was that one time. <laughs> well, and the way they greet each other is... Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially after the betrayal here, right. too. That's, that's very... Um, yeah. 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 I mean, and, and I mean, of course, as we find out, Spike's wise to this whole thing and punches Angel in the face, yelling at him about how Angel was his sire and taught him everything about being a vamp. And now this, Angel just says that things change and Spike reinforces our understanding about what it is to be a vampire without a soul by saying that demons, namely vampires, do not change. Xander and mm. Angel run with all of the vampires except for Spike in pursuit. Spike, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where things get a little more explicit even about the metaphor. After going on about Buffy's kitty cat, Spike <laughs> now says, fee fi fo fum I spell the, spell the blood of an ice ripe girl goodness well <laughs> spike sure has come a long way from beauty effulgent hasn't he <laughs> yikes a little bit so yeah buffy's period and fum so doesn't rhyme with girl whatever could he be talking about um hmm, hmm. hmm. yeah could it be g- plum no there's only one word that really comes yeah. close that's in the same hmm huh. Rhymes with aunt. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) Yeah. So. (laughs) It's cunt, people. (laughs) It is. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. That would be. Because I actually really like the word. I smell the blood of a nice ripe cunt. Yes, that's what it is. I like Um, cunt. Yeah. I mean, I don't like cunt, but I like the word cunt. (laughs) 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 I'm not going to say anything because our mom listens to this podcast. (laughs) It's been a long time for me. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, Buffy's wondering if they really need their uh, phalluses or their weapons. I mean, and Spike says he likes his holding it at various suggestive angles because it makes him feel all manly. And then he does the like hand slide, like the stripper. Yeah, he does the hand stripper ad slide. While he's doing like the up and then the down. Yeah. 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 So we know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, They each put their weapons down and they stalk each other. Spike says that the last slayer he killed begged for her life. And I suspect that even if we didn't see that scene later in the series, we'd know that was a lie. Oh, yeah. We'd know... um, and for a lot of reasons, uh, 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 because, I mean, obviously they're slayers, you know, they're badasses. And, and, but I, th- I think mostly uh, we get this feeling, uh, even this early in the series, that slayers only beg for their own deaths. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't self-terminate. My life sucks. Hi, vampire. Please kill me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, he totally is lying. Again. Oh, yeah. He, he's a big yeah. liar pants. Absolutely. And, and Spike will always lie. Yes. I mean. <laughs> dude gonna lie for a long time and he's not good at it but he's better than buffy yeah <laughs> everybody is <laughs> this glass of scotch is better at lying than buffy <laughs> spike's pretty sure that buffy isn't the begging kind and he's talking about something else 
Uh, he continues to talk about something else, saying that he'll make it quick and it won't hurt a bit. Buffy's pretty sure it's going to hurt him a lot, actually. <laughs> and they fight. <laughs> Outside, Angel and Xander are fighting vampires. Inside, Buffy and Spike continue fighting. In the library, Joyce clearly isn't so fond of the everyone gets out except for Buffy plan. Behind Joyce, by the way, directly over her shoulder, framing her face, are the books Reunion and Affair to Remember and Chutzpah. Which is awesome. Make of that what you will. Yes. <laughs> and you wouldn't have been able to read that or to see those before the remaster. Oh, I'm no, pretty I, sure. I don't think so. Um, but. But yeah, they're just right so there. So good. Hello. Yeah. Well, and these, all these actors have marks. These aren't accidental places right. for them to land marks, or stand. lighting, camera yeah. angles, everything. Like even a kissing scene, you have to stay with the angles of your head. Right. Like the whole, hello, you're in my light joke is not a joke. <laughs> right. It's, <very laughs> it's a careful. reality. So she stands. She turns. Everything is exactly laid out. Yeah. Uh, we cut between Buffy versus Spike and Angel and Xander versus vampires as Angel saves Xander. Spike, though, despite Buffy roughing him up pretty well, is resourceful, pulling out a wall stud and smacking <laughs> Buffy pretty good with it. He's about to complete his Slayer rule of three when Joyce, the sudden and un unexpected mama bear, whomps him with the back of the on the back of the head with the flat of the axe. She tells him, in a line Spike will most certainly remember, to get the hell <laughs> away from her daughter. <laughs> and then this is the point where I could talk about the nail polish. Oh, yeah. Spike is yeah. holding the piece of wood in front of him. Uh, with You can see his nails. So he has... On each hand, four black nails, and then the pinkies are white. Mm -hmm. Now, if you remember back to Drusilla, she had a black and white manicure. Drusilla is painting Spike's nails. That, it's so cute. Isn't that cute? <laughs> it's the cutest thing. I can just picture that. Like, I they're know. sitting around, and he's, she's like, do you like them? And he's like, oh, they're, be they're beautiful, pet. Yeah. You know? Like <laughs> <laughs> Blowing on his nails. Yeah, he probably even asks for one to be different. Yeah. And this is why his nails suck later. He's doing it with, like, Sharpie <laughs> instead. Or it's always chip nail polish because yeah. he doesn't have Drew to do it not around. Yeah. So, so yeah, Drew's painting his nails. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Spike, knowing it's a bad idea to get between mama bears and their cubs, runs away. And Joyce uh, says nobody lays a hand on her little girl. Oh. Yeah. Finally, yeah. Joyce. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> Outside a bit later, Snyder is beginning the cover-up by telling the police chief that he told <laughs> stupid guy not to go through that window. <laughs> Giles tells Jenny that he'll understand if she starts avoiding him, and he she takes his arm. Aww. Sanders telling Angel that he really didn't care for his plan. <laughs> <laughs> he also wants to know what a sire is. It's a pretty good question because some people are still wondering. Uh, it, it doesn't mean vampire who turned Spike because that would be Drew. So it's probably just as Spike explains, vampire who taught Spike to be a vampire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I think of it almost Fiona. like whatever. Yeah. Whatever parental figure you had. Right. So Darla is um, Darla and the master are Angelus's sire. Yeah, and they and they and in, when we get into Angel, they get into the the breaking down of grandsire, great grandsire. Stuff yeah, like, like that. they but, have all that stuff. But, I, but I you think... could very easily call someone your sire, yeah. just if they were your elder, right? And I, I mean, especially in your in your line, mm -hmm. uh, your vampire line. I, I think it's. I mean, it's a, it's a shorthand. Yeah, you know, we're related through the line of, of vampirism. Well, and and I mean, so you're made into a vampire by Drew. You don't want to like pattern yourself after that crazy one. Well, not you if know. you don't have her kick, you know. Yeah, if, you don't totally. have, if you don't have the Drew powers, you'd just yeah, be fooling so yourself. Yeah, so the only vampire he had to turn to to learn how to be a vampire was right. Angelus. I think he should have followed Darla. Well, yeah. Because Darla is a smart chick. She is smart. <laughs> She's very smart. And then Angelus was a little bit dumber, but not dumb. Uh, well, I, I will say it. Be I said it before. I will say it again. Angelus is really fucking smart. And really fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, it's like um, my boyfriend Alex was talking about tech support earlier today, and he said there's there's several people. There are people who don't know anything, or there's people who know enough to have skipped a step and made it hard. So yeah. he's yeah. he's that one. Really fucking smart. Really fucking stupid. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Snyder and the police chief are putting the finishing touches on their cover-up. Uh, it's giving going us to be some information about the police force in yeah. Sunnydale. It's going to be the usual. Gangs on PCP. The chief isn't sure for a second, but then Snyder suggests that it's better than the truth. <laughs> oh my god. That plot just thickened right up, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it congealed. It did. <laughs> I wonder if the mayor is in on it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yes. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> <laughs> Joyce tells Buffy she doesn't care what Snyder says about her because kicking ass and taking names is way more important than high school stuff and amen, Joyce. She estimates that this will last about a week and a half until she starts giving Buffy crap again, and Buffy deems this very cool. (laughs) Much later, as the police cars are pulling away, Cordy and Willow are still trapped in the closet with Cordelia, (laughs) possibly since Willow suggested it, praying. (laughs) Cordy finishes us up by pointing out that Buffy's shadow self also has a period, and Willow puts in a request to ask God for aspirin. (laughs) Hey! Willow's face. <laughs> she's just, oh, she is so over it. And she is completely, she is over all the it. Yes. <laughs> she, she cannot even anymore. She wants to go home. And get to she does. <laughs> Everybody's forgotten they're in there. We yeah. suck, man. <laughs> Buffy's spirit and her shadow self are locked in the closet. Yeah, oh, oh, man. The next yeah. morning in the vampire warehouse, the camera lingers on the sun and then on a cage Spike is standing next to. That's hmm. weird. Spike briefs Drew on what went down, and she's all cute with him. He admits that he doesn't have any experience with Slayers who have family and friends, and we get another view of how different that is for a Slayer. Buffy may indeed be the first who has had this advantage, I will say. Mm -hmm. Pure Slayers are killing machines, true, but without anyone to watch their backs, they don't last long. Drew reassures Spike that he'll get Buffy eventually, and then they'll have a party. Spike asks how the annoying one is, and we all laugh. <laughs> Drew says uh, he doesn't want to play, and oh man, I would have loved to see Drew trying to get him to play with Miss Edith. <laughs> Do you want to play? Yeah. <laughs> we need to have a tea party. <laughs> oh. oh, show, why didn't you give us that scene? <laughs> Spike does the kneeling, or actually more like yeah, squatting he squats. thing. He does yeah. not kneel. <laughs> No, and for practical reasons in those boots, you can't kneel. But still. But still. He, Spike wouldn't kneel. No. <laughs> um, before the anointed one offering his penance, one of the other vamps says that Spike should offer up his life in exchange for the fuck up. And we've seen the master and the three that uh, and doing this kind of same exchange, like mm-hmm. my life for my mistake, blah, 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 blah. And it's, as we said at the time, it's very, very stupid. And I'm sure the Anointed One was expecting something like that again. Uh, However, uh, happily, uh, Spike isn't about that, so he declares that he would do the same thing over again. As we saw earlier, Spike (laughs) takes great delight in the assertion that demons don't change, though he is one of the most adaptable characters on the show. And he scoops up the Anointed, chucks him into that metal cage, and lifts the cage (laughs) into the sunlight, and we laugh and laugh and laugh. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Well, and this is really the end of the Orthodox. Oh yeah, vampires. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, because Drew is, I mean, Drew is delighted. Yes. <laughs> she and Spike go off, uh, go off to watch TV. TV, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, <laughs> definitely adaptable there, Spike. And yeah, I mean, the quasi-religious vampires are done. Mm-hmm. We see some quasi-religious people later, but I don't think the vampires. 
No, yeah, I think I think with the master there was the anointed one left, mm-hmm. uh, and then now that the anointed well, one is uh, gone, what's his name? Absalom or whatever it was. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So we've seen that it didn't work, right. and now the vampires are back to just being vampires. Yep. Because Spike, so he is reformed. Yeah. Yep. Buffy was onto something. Yeah, she really was. <laughs> I think she was intuiting intuiting it, perhaps. Hmm. Or she just vibes because maybe they're, maybe they're it was some kind of weird. Uh, uh, it was it started out being a joke, but then it turned into a Slayer clip or something like that. Because oh, you know Sl- Slayer clips are pretty good. And, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's true. I don't know, yeah. but so it's it's a damn good episode. I it's mean, a fun, fun <laughs> episode. <laughs> it really is. And it's 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 funny because there's I mean so we have the the sexual maturity metaphor playing throughout, um, which will play all the way out in a few episodes. Yeah, not as it won't be quite like this mm-hmm. but this tells us that there's some sex stuff coming up for buffy yeah definitely because she's ready for it yeah exactly that's yeah. what this whole episode is saying mm-hmm. and then we see you know angels shadow self come in all super duper sexy and all that kind of stuff yep. and letting us know there might be a hotter side to that cold guy <laughs> 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 they're both pretty hot um but yeah and i also like you know so so the the Darker half, you know, the temporary shadow self person, you know, Sheila, mm-hmm. got chased away by Slayer. Oh, yeah. So, like, the person that everyone thinks Buffy is gets chased away by yep. the Slayer, which was nice. Yeah, definitely. That was a nice little wrap-up of that, mm-hmm. you know, metaphor. So, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a really great episode. It's so much fun to watch. I could watch it all day. Uh-huh. And it just sets us up for so many good things. Oh, yeah, it is up. super, super-duper yeah. fun, for sure. Yes. Do we have anything else to say about this episode? Uh, not really. Right. I don't think so. I think we got all of it. Unless we, you know, we might have to do some retroactive, but. Well, we do it. We would do an amended episode. Yes, right? an amended. Like an errata. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this is, after all, the Dodgers Club podcast where all members are exceptional. Peace out, bitches. And scene.